Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. On 882 6PR, inspiring stories for Barra and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments, because the little things are everything. Hello, my name is Tim McMillan. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Stories, brought to you by Barra and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments, because the little things are everything. Uh, Our guest in this episode uh, is... One of the Fremantle Dockers' favourite sons. He's a life member. He was uh, best and fairest, the Doig medalist, that is, uh, at Frio. He's also a life member and former captain of the Perth Footy Club uh, and so much more. So let's find out about uh, the life and times of Troy Cook. G'day, Troy. How are you? That's all right. How are you going, Tim? How are you? Good, thanks. We'll edit that bit out, won't we? Oh, <laughs> I just amalgamated your first and last name there. I need right. to have another coffee. <laughs> how are you going? Going well. That's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Strange times, but um, getting yeah. through them. Yep. Yeah, like uh, like most of us, I suppose. Um, we've got lots to get through. Uh, a pretty incredible footy career, but uh, I want to go right back uh, to the start and maybe explore some things that people might not know about Troy Cook. Um, you're a Yamachi man uh, yep. from Carnarvon Way. Uh, tell us about life growing up uh, as a young lad in Carnarvon. What was it like? Yeah, it was, uh, it was an awesome place to grow up. You know, living out in the country, uh, you know, I've been able, where Carnarvon is, for those who don't know, it's on the Gascoigne River, um, you know, right on the coast as well. So growing up, you know, we had access to go fishing, mm. swimming, you know, hunting as well. So it was, uh, it was awesome. Um, back then, we didn't have too much uh, technology to, mm. you know, to, to, to interfere us with actually going on you know, a few bushwalks and, and exploring the place uh, that we lived in. And uh, yeah, no, like I said, it was amazing. And you know, um, hopefully, uh, now that I've got a couple of little kids, um, I'll, I'll take them back up there and, and rub a bit of red dirt in yeah. there as well, and and show them where I grew up, and 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 also their you know their family are, are still up there as well, and you know to to get to to meet them and yeah show them how how I uh, lived the first part of my life. Yeah, do you get back up that way very often? Uh, not very often, unfortunately. Uh, at this stage, just for funerals. Um, the last time I went up there, uh, we've got a little bit of property up there as well. So um, hopefully, uh, I'm trying to you know, yeah. Uh, you know, get the wife to move back up there, but she's, uh, she doesn't want to bar of it. But, Good luck uh, with that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll try and get back there every chance, every chance I get. You know, yeah. Never forget where you come from. And, yeah. and and some of my best friends are still up there. I suppose um, a lot of those memories were encapsulated in that uh, the jumper that you designed uh, for Freer for Indigenous Round. Yeah, so, year, yeah huh? that's right. I mean, when when the club asked me to, uh, you know, to design the jumper, I said, yeah, no worries, I'll, I'll, have, a, I'll have a crack at it. And mm. It wasn't until actually you know, thinking about what I'm going to put on this thing, uh, put on the jumper, um, was, it was actually pretty hard. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was all about sort of where I come from, what, what's what's important to me, uh, my childhood and what inspired me you know, to actually play football. You know, so to be able to capture that on a jumper, you know, back home, Carnarvon, Gascoigne River, 
you know, the animal footprints on there as well. Mm. Uh, but also, um, you know, my, uh, I've got a bit of Chinese heritage there mm. too, which is a little I was going to ask you, your grandfather is, is Chinese, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. So my grandmother, yeah, they married illegally at the time. And unfortunately, yeah. uh, he ended up going to jail for that uh, as a part of the, uh, the policies at the time. Um, but yeah, no, it was actually good to sort of represent that part of the family and my, my whole, you know, whole family, I suppose, yeah. background on, on that jumper. And, and it was actually great to see, uh, you know, to see it come to life, uh, playing as well, mm. engage with a, uh, you know, one of my friends back home, Victor Blotti, who was the artist as well, mm. who, who helped me design it. Um, we both watched the game out here and uh, Sun Sun kicked the wing point, I think it was. So, What, I think, a, yeah. what a day. Oh, it was amazing, <laughs> yeah. So I took credit for, the, for that. For that, <laughs> that day. Uh, but it was actually amazing to see, uh, you know, to see the jump up with the big screen running yeah. out and you know, even seeing it now. And, and actually for, for, you know, the artist, Victor, to, to ex- experience that too, come down, yeah, you know, they put everything on for him. You know, yep. the president's lunch, toss the coin. Mm. Yeah, you know, it was amazing for him as well. So to share that, you know, was uh, was an awesome experience. Have you been able to pull the jumper back on and go for a walk through Carnarvon with it? No, no, <laughs> that'd no. be that, that should be next on your list. <laughs> no, not yet. Also, I've got a couple of frame jumpers down uh, down at Free. I need to pick up, so I might send it up back home. Yeah. Mm. Um, now, tell me about your your Chinese grandfather. Then, how did he come into the the family tree, if you like? How did how did they meet your grandmother and grandfather. I think just out through Carnarvon. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I actually try and track back uh, on my grandfather's side, but it's, it's really hard to do because mm. uh, there's not many. Uh, it's hard to track back right back from, from where he came from. Um, so, uh, yeah, they uh, they met in Carnarvon, got married, and like I said at the time, they, they weren't supposed or we weren't allowed to do that. So he ended up going to jail for a few months. Yeah. But then they established and now created their family up in Carnarvon. Uh, my grandmother, she was uh, out from Unorsi or, or lived on the... On the um, uh, the the church out there, so um, you know she moved down from from Carnarvon, uh, from from the north there, and yes, yeah, you know, mm. met, met met my grandfather. So this actually is pretty hard to trace it back on there. Yeah, yeah. we're trying to do a fair bit, but I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so from Carnarvon, I know you then as a teenager moved down to Geraldton. Um, was that a hard transition for you? Did you feel like you were kind of you know leaving the womb as such? Yeah, I didn't have much saying. It mum was had a you know, foot on my back, kicking me out the door um, <laughs> to go to go to uh, Geraldton to finish my year eleven and twelve. Yeah, uh, it was back then. I I didn't really want to go. All my friends and obviously trying to leave the family was pretty hard. Yeah, but I had a few mates uh, from you know from the the school that I was with going up as well, so that made it a little bit easier. So did you go as a boarder then? Or yeah, did the a whole, boarder. Yeah, you went as a boarder. That's right. Okay. So mum um, and dad they're still living in Carnarvon. I moved up to the boarding school, St Pat's College at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a great experience. Um, you know, it was uh, taught me, you know, how to time manage a little bit and, you know, focus on my studies a bit more. But also, you know, it sort of introduced me to, uh, you, know, you know, really knuckling down about you know, taking my footy pretty seriously because yep. it was decent comp back then, the Colts. Uh, that's also where you know, I was lucky enough to sort of travel back and forth from, from Jero in my, when I was in year 12 yep. and made the, uh, the Teal Cup side at the time, mm. you know, the under-18s competition. So I think I was on a bus for about seven weeks in a row for seven hours each time, you know, wow. travelling back and forth to yeah. to Jero, trying to juggle my schoolwork as well, but actually to play in that uh, under 18s competition. So like I said, you no, know, Jordan was a was an awesome experience for me. Mm. Uh, made a whole heap of new friends, uh, but also yeah, it gave me opportunity to, you know, to, mm. to play that, that or advance my footy mm. you know, development. Um, you know, playing in that Teal Cup side as well, and, and you know, alongside you know, some of the greats in the end. Mm. Yeah. 
It, it has got a rich uh, history for footballers, hasn't it? That part of WA with the particular people that were from, you know, that, that region that inspired you as a kid? Yeah, definitely. I mean, back home, Michael Mitchell, yep. you know, he went from, you know, the Claremont, uh, you know, to Richmond. And, you know, he was, uh, yeah, he was one of my big inspirations that, you know, to, uh, the, you know, to try and, you know, one day get there. Uh, but along the way, you know, when you go into Geraldton, when I was there, and it was not until, you know, once you finish your career, you know, mm. I used to, uh, Daniel Chick was uh, a roommate of mine. We, we both went to boarding school together you know, for, for a really good uh, friendship. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, I said he was pretty talented as well. And, yeah. You know, we, he ended up coming down to East Perth and, uh, East, East Fremantle, sorry, um, after he finished year, I think it was year 11. And, you know, and that Teal Cup side, just sort of going back to that, you know, when some of the likes of, who were playing there was Peter Bell, uh, the Wiz, Jeff Farmer, Sean yeah. McManus, you know, Darren Gasper. You know, some some of these guys. Pretty handy so, side. Yeah, so they, mm. we had a, we had a reasonable side and just <laughs> sort of you know didn't make the most of it on in, in the uh, yeah you know, in the competition. But I was just along there for the ride. Mate. <laughs> you know, went over to Adelaide and yeah, all I can remember about that is playing the freezing cold game in the Barossa Valley and someone brought out some warm water in the you know, at quarter and. You know, you're drinking warm water? No, I was dipping my hands in it. Oh. Well, it was freezing. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to pour it over my head, but uh, but it, it was a great experience. And yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't until uh, you know, a few years later I got drafted, but uh, yeah, it's a sort of bit of the journey along the way. Mm. Um, now, look, I don't want to harp on about it, but as I understand it, your only premiership that you've actually been a part of was in <laughs> Carnarvon, right? The under-17s Warriors Football Club. That's right. Uh, one in Carnarvon. That's that's right. Uh, uh, there must be fond memories attached to that one <laughs> premiership. Oh, oh, it is. Oh, I've got a really good mate of mine, Andrew McKenna. He, he always reminds me. That I think the boys won the premiership not so long ago back up in Carnarvon. And um, yeah, you, you go to these sporting events and you listen to some of the greats, you know, from Hawthorne or you know, even at the Perth Footy Club. Um, these guys winning, you know, five or six premierships in a row. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, my, my only premierships <laughs> are under seventeen, under seventeen back home in Carnarvon for Warriors. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like I said, you know, it's you know, timing's everything. Um, you know, if you're lucky enough to, you know, step into a, in, into a footy club that's uh, you know, it's got a fair bit of talent, you're mm. lucky. You know, they're hard to, hard to win, and mm. yeah, just probably by circumstance. But uh, very fond memories of that yeah. premiership, that's for sure. Not through lack of <laughs> talent and ability on your part, Troy. <laughs> obviously, um, just before we uh, we we go to a break, then the transition then from from Geraldton or you know, Carnarvon, Geraldton down to down to Perth. I mean, that's another big step in itself. Isn't it? How old were you there, and, and what was it like having to then get yeah. used to a whole new place to live? Yeah, it was, it was pretty tough. Um, so halfway through year twelve, mum and dad moved down to uh, you know to, to to Kenwick, Perth. Yep. Uh, once I once I graduated from from year twelve, I joined them, and uh, you know pretty much for me, my my first thought was, well, where am I going to play football? Mm. Uh, and I found out with the nearest train station, the footy club to to where we were living, and that was the Perth Footy Club. Um, Hopped on the train, uh, just when their preseason. I found it when their preseason was started. Knocked on their door and pretty much begged them to, you know, take me on as a player. And mm. what, I, what did I needed to do this, to try and, you know, uh, become a footballer at this club? So it was pretty tough. Didn't know my way around. You know, me and my brother catching buses, getting dropped off, and you know, fumbling our way around, you know, uh, Perth to trying to get to each training session. Uh, so it was it was tough at the time. Yeah. Uh, but lucky enough, you know, we sort of sort of fought through that. Um, you know, got put myself in a position to. You know, to uh, yeah, you know, get the, the coach's attention and and also the playing group and you know building that respect about you know you know, serious about being being a footballer and, mm. and and showing that I'm I'm here to stay and and hopefully uh mm. you know one day I can play uh, you know a league 
a league, league uh, game for for the Perth Footy Club. Yeah, which you did. You're a life member, so I bet they're glad that they did open their doors to you. Uh, to you. Uh, we need to take a break, Troy, but after that we've got Perth Footy Club, then to Sydney Swans, to Frio, back to Perth, uh, all ahead of us to get through. So stick around. Troy Cook is our special guest. This is Inspiring Stories. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6PR brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Uh, Fremantle Football Club legend Troy Cook is our special guest. Before you joined Fremantle Dockers, so you had a couple of other stops along your footballing journey uh, at least uh, you touched on Perth Football Club just before the break there. Um, obviously, you had to sort of be pretty proactive in coming to their attention. But did it happen pretty quickly that they recognised your talent and then you became part of the fold there? Yeah, it did. I, like, so I worked pretty hard, though, and mm. it, it was really tough at the time. And, you know, especially when we moved down to, to Kenwick. So we, we didn't sort of, you know, me still living at home with mum and dad, so I would have you know, helped provide for the family. So I had to find a job as well. And... You know what I did with with a great mate of mine, Donald Donald Haywood. Uh, we worked at a uh, a car wrecking company. Yeah. You know, so you know, a bit of a trainee at first, and then it, went, it moved into full time. So found that job there, and then so that was from uh, eight o'clock to to about five o'clock. You know, full time work, and then you know going to training straight after that, and train for the next couple of hours. Long days then. Long days. Yeah, yeah. Don't looking back at it, you don't really know you know how I ever did it, um, especially the time. You know, looking at the times now. It's uh, you know, it's amazing, you know, that uh, you know, it's pr- pretty much full full time, um, full time, and it's uh, like I said, it's it, it's you don't realise how how hard it was back then. Yeah. Um. So, but when I got the when I got the club, it was all about, like I said, trying to do you know the trying to do the best I can, worked on my strengths, also you know trying to identify what my weaknesses pretty pretty quickly. Um, yeah. You know to, to try and improve those, um, you know, but with the Perth Footy Club. Uh, my old man was a was a supporter at the time, so mm. actually, you know, it was actually uh, a good little, you know, um, for for dad, you know, knowing that I was going to be a, a, you know, playing at the Perth Footy Club. Mm. So I spent three years there, and that was my whole, you know, my whole uh, routine at the time was getting up at about seven seven in the morning, going to work from eight to four, about five o'clock, and then training you know, each of those days. So it was, it was pretty tough. Mm. Um, then. So I spent three years at the Perth Footy Club yeah, doing that. Yeah. I didn't get drafted until I, you know, until I was about twenty year old. And this, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big advocate for trying to raise this, uh, you know, the, the draft the age. The draft age. The yep. draft age, because I think you know, some of these kids are, you know, aren't ready to just play. Just too young. Yeah, too yeah. young. Yeah, Particularly body, with the pressures on them. These yeah, days. And the body, the bodies aren't ready to play play for footy. Some of them can. Yep. Uh, but I think the majority can't. So my my last uh, was it 1996 season. Uh, yeah. Runner up in the Sandover. Oh yeah, so yeah. That was uh, that, that was a bit of a bit of a fluke. Oh, not so much a fluke. I, Come on. I, I went. <laughs> well, I played the first. I think I played the first you know, eight games in the in the reserves as well in that year. So uh, I had a, had a big finish. Caught the eye of a couple of uh, a couple of teams, and um, you know, they met with a few met with a few. Um, around home, so that was a bit of an experience. I had, you know, I think they had Lay Crows come along and had, yeah. had a call from the Sydney Swans as well. So, so they they took the time to come here yeah, to speak to you yeah, personally. One, yeah, one yeah. of them did. Yeah, they had, especially had Lay Crows, and um, yeah, it was, uh, it was it was a sort of a, a bit of an unreal experience. You, mm. know, you know, to be considered to be to be playing, and then you know, come the come the draft, 
I took the day off work and yeah, my name got still called. working at the still the working, car yeah, car, yeah, car yeah. at the time. So I took the day off work and yeah, my name got called out, pick twenty seven, and that was amazing. So I was you know, you know, jumping around in the land room by myself. Um, you know, had no one to share because everyone was at work. <laughs> but then it was amazing. Just so I was getting phone calls and um, well, the only thing was I. I was, I was going to Sydney. I was, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, talk about a big step. <laughs> big step. From, yeah, from, from country WA to Perth is a step, but then to Sydney, uh, to Sydney it, Swans, it was that's a bit of, yeah, another it was, level yeah. again. You know, head, look, thinking back at it now, you know, he was spinning at the time and, you know, coming from Carnarvon, Geraldton, Perth, and then all the space of, you know, three or four years, you know, I'm going you know, over the other side of Australia, uh, which I thought was a world at the time. Yeah. Um, well, it was a pretty funny story. So my, my oldest brother, he's... Uh, uh, mad Essendon, Essendon supporter, and I remember sitting and watching with him barracking for for Essendon when Sydney Plugger kicked that that point after yep. the, after the siren to get him in the grand final. So I was, I was actually swearing at Plugger. <laughs> and, and then anyway, yeah, fast forward a, you know, a month or so, month or so, and then you're um, pulling yeah, on the same colours. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going over then and actually potentially playing with him. Yeah. So yeah, it was an amazing experience at the time. Um, you know, getting a, once I packed my bags and got over to over to Sydney. My, with about within a forty-five minutes getting off the plane, I had to do a fitness test. Is that um, right? Straight off the plane, you know, we're down at the old Fox Studios where they are now, just across was back then across the road from the SCG. They had like a little race track in the middle, yep. and and a, and a grass track as well. So, yeah, I had to chuck my boots on and run as far as I can forty-five minutes with the rest of the new guys. I only just met after getting off the plane, mm. um, sore back and everything. So it was a mm. bit of a baptism of fire, but it was a. Uh, I was I was so happy to be there. I was yep. never not going to go. Yeah, you know, there's no way I wanted that regret of actually staying home and and uh, yeah, not really having 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 a decent yeah decent crack having at a crack. it. Yeah, uh, Rodney Ede was the coach at the time. Damien Drum yep. was the assistant. <laughs> uh, what was it like, firstly, uh, with with Rodney Ede? Because he's, he's not everyone's cup of tea, is he? No, no, Rocket. He was uh, he's a pretty interesting character. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the best set of lungs on I've ever heard on a coach. Um, piercing. <laughs> uh, I've seen him bring young men to tears uh, yeah. in some of his addresses, uh, but it was yeah, like it was you know you better grow thick skin or else you you won't survive in this in, you know in this caper. Um, and I learned that you know pretty pretty quickly. You know, walking in the rocket, he's, he was a really good motivator, really good tactically. Mm. Um, yeah, but this sometimes when things weren't going his way, he let, you know. let you know. And, and if you're unlucky enough to be in the you know in the front. Front of a pack, you, you'd, you'd catch, you felt yeah, it. you felt it. You catch, catch spit flying across it, and all the rest yeah. of it. But like I said, he, he was he was a really good motivator, really really smart. Football. How did you go personally with him? Did he? Did, were you on the, the receiving end of any of his direct sprays? No, no, I was I was, I was pretty lucky. Uh, sometimes I, uh, you know, just when you first start playing, you know, you, you know, you, all you want to do is just get the ball and kick it because mm. you, you know you, you don't have really too much time to think. But uh, I did a lot of things right. For the first couple of years, um, you know, been able to get my hands on the ball, uh, put enough pressure on, and and uh, I may go gain respect of all the coaching staff and, and, yeah. and the players. You know, I was pretty lucky, you know, to when I walk into that, into that side. Yeah, I mean, got, there's some great players in that side. Oh, then, it was they? unbelievable. So you got, you know, you got Plugger, yeah. Paul Ruse are still playing, yeah. Mark Bays, um, you got Paul Kelly, you know, Andrew Dunkley, Darren Creswell, Michael Lachlan. Yeah. Then the the year after I got there, another hack came. And name was Adam Goods, um, <laughs> Jude Bolton, you know, Brett Kirk. Yeah. Oh, these top superstars. Top players, yeah. You know, mm. you know, and and for me it was it was amazing for my football development. But but also you know being able to 
you know, train with these guys and you mm. know, if you can you can beat these guys one on one or you know, be able to you know, get the best of them during training, then I think it sets yourself up for mm. you, know, you know, playing you know, being competitive when you know, when you play other teams. So it was uh yeah, it was it was it was amazing. Um uh, my was it ninety ninety seven uh third third game against Melbourne there well, was my, my first game. Mm. Unbelievable experience. Uh mum and dad were working over here and they Dad was working down south, and he had to park his car up, and you know they, they told him I'm going to be playing, so he'd get a lift back into town, and they flew him over. Both oh, brilliant! Of them, yeah, both of them over. They missed me running out. Um, they missed me running out, but they made it. I think on just after quarter time, and uh, yeah, for them to you know, for Sydney to fly them over, share that experience with me, uh, you know, it was awesome, and you know. Probably my my biggest memory of this game was my first kick went out of bounds on the full. <laughs> so I was a uh, probably touted as a, as, as a as a bad kick for the rest of my career. But at the end of that game, we won by seven points, and my last kick of that game would kick the goal. So um, beautiful, yeah, you came home so, strong. Yeah, then. came home strong. So yeah. one of your one of the, your key skills uh, was your tackling ability. Was that something that you really worked on a lot? At Sydney, because you, you would have been, I suppose, yeah. in training, well, tackling a lot of these legends that you're talking about. Yeah, well, I, I, I take it back to when I grew up in Carnarvon playing, yeah. playing for Warriors. So I played uh, senior footy when I was 14 yeah. back home. So it was, uh, you know, it was pretty young. Mm. Uh, you learn to sort of grow eyes in the back of your head. But, <laughs> but also you, you learn how to you know, take a bump, mm. know, tackle properly, and, and uh, you know, you're pressured off opposition. Um, so I was able to do that. I, you know, I... You know, gone are the days where you, you know you love to you know, protect your team up a bit more with the shepherding and that type of thing. I think that's that's gone out of the game a little bit. Uh, and I remember you know, when they brought the new rule, and I actually got three weeks for for bumping someone at um, at Suvi against <laughs> Western Bulldogs. But yeah, my my, my strength was you know, you know being able to put pressure on, tackle, um, and get my hands on the ball. So yeah. uh, you know, being a non-baller, you know, if you can't get a, you know you can't get your hands on it, you're no good to anyone. So I was lucky enough I, I, I could I could do that. You know, deficiencies was you know, with my kicking. But in the end, you, know, you 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 play within your strengths and your and your yep. weaknesses, and I learned to do that pretty pretty well. Uh, and in the end, like I said, if, I, if I'm getting my hands on the ball over thirty times, then I think I'm going to be effective. Yeah, you're doing all right. Mm. Uh, tell us how the um, the time at Sydney then came to an end, and you end yeah. up back home well, at Fremantle. Well, Sydney Sydney was was a crazy experience. I was only there for three years. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you about the time. I, so my first second weekend was there. When I was there, I uh, I met Paul Kelly for the first time and gave me yep. tickets to an ACDC concert. <laughs> so I went and watched that. I yeah. thought, how good is this? And then the ne- in the same weekend, Michael Jackson was playing at the SCG. <laughs> wow. So we walked down. I got the keys of the, the, the training, uh, our training rooms and walked up and you know watched Michael Jackson do the moonwalk. So I thought this place was amazing. Um, but I think uh, half, in the end of 98 season, I think they, they drafted in uh, Wayne Swass. Right. Yeah, from from North Melbourne, yeah, and that put a bit of pressure on me, and and it sort of pushed me out of the, out of the, uh, out of the out of the midfield, and I was still playing, you know, some some really good football in in the reserves, and and uh, and back then we used to tra- we used to travel with the with the main team to Melbourne or wherever we were, wherever we were playing, um, so the, the opportunity sort of dried up in my last year. Yeah, so played twenty games my first year, eighteen my second year, and only only I think about five my my, my last year there. Uh, Damien Drum was an assistant coach. Yep. Um, he ended up picking up the 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 Fremantle uh, uh, the Fremantle coach. Um, I think it was a ninety was it ninety eight? I think it was. And uh, so my first year, I formed a really good relationship yep. with, with, with Drummy. Um, he was a skills coach, um, you know, doing extras and and uh, you know he liked the way I played and um, 
you know, I didn't really want to go at the time because mm. all my mates were, you know, formed really good friendship with the, with the players at, at, at mm. Sydney. Uh, but when the coach doesn't doesn't like you or, or you fall out of favour, then it is pretty hard. Yeah. So I weighed up those opportunities and, and it was all about, like I said, opportunities of playing, you know, in the midfield uh, every week. And, you know, when Drummy said, you know, there's an opportunity here, if we get the deal done, then yeah. you're happy to come. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah let's try and do it. Yeah. So I think they, uh, yeah, traded me back for pick 31 or something like that. And the deal was done back home, close to the, close to the family and friends. And, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, and then spending the next eight years at, at yeah. Frio with the opportunities that I was after. And and arrived back with a bang too. The year 2000, uh, you took out the uh, the Doig medal uh, as the club best and fairest. I'll ask you more about that right after we take a break, Troy. Uh, this is Inspiring Stories. Troy Cook is our special guest. Back with more soon. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. Everything. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6PR. Brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Troy Cook is our special guest. Uh, Troy, we've just got to the point where you uh, accept an invitation to come back home to Perth, uh, team up again with Damien Drum at Frio. And 2000, what a, what a way to announce your arrival at the Dockers. You play all 22 games, uh, lead the club, in disposals, you're the club champion by the end of it, the Doig medalist. Um, that's that's quite a way to kick off your Dockers career. It was a good, it was a good move for me in, good year. in, in the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, look, it was all about opportunity. Um, yeah. Drummy afforded that to me, which was great. We had to, we had to work for it though. Um, yeah, have have that impact. And that's what I wanted to do. You know, trying to gain the respect of my players, um, but also show them that I'm, I'm serious about you know, mm. you know trying to make this club a you know a better side in the way of performance and you know the way of play, and then. And hopefully, uh, you know, I drag a lot of of some of those uh, experiences I, in my short period yep. of time playing there. I feel that, uh, you know, to one gain in respect of my players, but also you have a bit of influence when, I, when yep. I'm playing. What were the key differences in terms of the the, the culture and the setup, and um, you know, the the life for you as a footballer at Sydney compared to Frio at that time? Yeah, with Frio, I think um, you know, coming back in the system though, or into their side, you know, you're trying to look for the, that experience, that that big name player, and all that type of thing. It just wasn't there. I mean, Tony Lockett was, uh, not Tony Lockett, um, um, Mods, Tony Modra was there. Yep. Um, and then then you're trying to look who's the next sort mm. of marquee player, and there sort of wasn't really, really wasn't anyone. So, you know, it was, the club was still trying to find its way. I don't think they had too much assistance as well. Um, you know, once once it came into the in, into the AFL. Uh, but you know, but um, you know, we were disjointed. We we had to, we had, didn't have a, a proper training system. We moved moved so many different areas. Um, our admin was you know down the main street of Frio and the Oval. We used to use South Frio change rooms and yeah. and their facilities as well, which was you know second rate and at the time. So it was it was really really tough. Um, and you know, that from what I experienced in, in Sydney, I think we had nothing compared to. You know, what, what, yeah, you know, what, what Frio had it was just sort of, yeah, a little bit disjointed and and, and sort of hard to sort of you know get any yeah. sort of uh, um, you know, some, some probably you know momentum probably lead into into a season with with some of the training you know schedules where we just moved around a fair bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, from two thousand onwards, then you played. Um, I think it's it was a record at the time. I'm not sure if it still stands, but every game of yeah. your first four seasons. Yeah. So eighty eight. In a yeah, row, yeah, for sure. you know, lots of twenty-two. That's um, that's a pretty incredible record. But a, a, a bit of sweet end to that story, isn't there? Because, yeah, yeah, there is. Um, you um, missed the, the 
Frio's first finals game <laughs> at the end of, of 2003. Tell us about that. Yeah, it uh, always yeah, leaves a bit of a bit of taste in your mouth when I, when I tell this story. It's um, uh, yeah, coming back, you know, playing all those games in a row. I've been pretty lucky throughout my career. You know, being pretty durable. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't. Yeah, I think we played the Eagles the last game, and you know, we had our final series, our, our finals berth, you know, already sewn up. Mm. So it was just a matter of getting through that game, and I think we had Essendon that next week. So you know, we're playing uh, West Coast. And I can't remember whether it was a third or third or fourth quarter. We get tackled on on the wing, and my foot stays in one place, and my body gets twisted all the way around. All of a sudden, something I had to give, and my ankle just snapped and um, popped off the bone. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was my uh, yeah, that was my final series over. Um, mm. Ended up getting I still got you know, about three screws in it now. Have you? Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, you know, sitting in the in the hospital, thinking, "Oh, you know, how can this happen?" You know, and you know, footy, you've got so many different, you know, heartbreaking stories along the way. And um, for me, this was one of them. And you know, actually watching that game, you, you know, you're trying to think, "Oh, you know, I want the boys to go well, but I don't want them to go well because I'm not <laughs> out of here." And yeah. um, you know, trying to, you know, trying to, you know, fight with those emotions. And yeah, it, it, it was a tough time. Yeah. Um, but in the end, you know, it, it makes you. You know, a stronger person. Mm. You, know, you, you, you try and deal with those, those hardships and and uh, you know how you get over them and you know doing prepare yourself for next you know, for that yeah. for the next season. Yeah. So it's a uh, you know for me and I've always always done this. You know, no matter what you no know, life throws throws at you, you know, been able to make um, you know, try and take the positives um, out of something pretty bad. You know, I think that makes you. you know, stronger person and, yeah. and how you deal with those sort of hardships at the time. It, it certainly was a time when Frio really cemented its place uh, in Perth, though, wasn't it? You know, some great clashes yeah. against the Eagles, that local rivalry really seemed to ramp up during that time that you were at yeah. at the club. Uh, and as well, I think we started to see some of the, I suppose, now Frio legends was when they started to emerge yeah. during that period. Who were the, the great players that you really gelled with in that Fremantle side yeah, during so, your time? Yeah, when, when I first started, so I, got, I, I came to the club the same time, you know, Paul Hazelby, yeah. you know, Lee Brown, and some bloke called Matthew Pavlich as well. Mm. Uh so uh, David Mundy was there a couple of years after. Uh, big Spider, um, Sandlands as well. You know, we're lucky enough to come back. Belly was there. Shorty yep. Mac. Um, so these kind of types of players, and you know, to play a lot of you know footy with them, you know, w- w- was awesome to see the, you know, their development. Um, you now Hayes's first year, you know, it's probably one of the best you know, first years of, of any player. I think. Oh, he'll tell you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just need to ask him. <laughs> We probably only from him pumping him up a little bit, but then, but, but then to see you know, to see Pav and what he's been able to do over here, you know, if he was in Melbourne, mate, he'd be he'd be the legend of a statue of him. Um, but yeah, big Pavo, I thought that was never going to eventuate after his. I think his first training session we had down at uh, down at um, Aquinas College. I think you might have mentioned this anyway. But yeah, we nearly lost a big fellow after yeah. after you know after a couple of hours school session, and then that's right, he collapsed. Didn't yeah, six mm. one six one uh, six one Ks. I think on the on the on the last one, he just didn't quite make it around. He, he sort of fell off the side. I think I jumped over him, jumped over him at one stage, and yeah, it got pretty serious. We had to get the van down there, chuck yeah. him in the back, and throw ice all over him because I think he's yeah, he's just about overheat. Yeah, so it, it was it was pretty lucky. <laughs> uh, but those you know, those type of players, and you know, the the big the the thing is, and it was a bit of for me, it was so so frustrating at the time when we made that two thousand and six uh, prelim. Mm. You know, it was uh. We had a bit of crisis meetings earlier on that year, you know, how, how the club was going. Um, we went up to the property up at Rick Hart's place and 
had it out with everyone from coaches to players and, you know, a bit of finger pointing and, you know, venting a few, uh, uh, a few things that, uh, you know, both players and coaches needed to hear. That week after that, we got belted by Geelong, but then we won the next nine. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, to be honest, you know, I think we, we probably saved, you know, Chris Connolly's coaching, uh, coaching, uh, position at the time. You know, the players sort of banded together and, Mm. Uh, at that time, probably didn't really need a coach. You know, we we sort of you know got into a position where everyone knew knew their role, what they were mm. doing, and and then you know to playing against Sydney in that prelim uh, for me was a mixed emotion as well. I bet it was so so you know so frustrating because that next year we didn't make the finals in that two thousand seven, I retired. Um, but looking back at that, going back to Sydney, you know, Goodsey, you know, Mickey O was there, you know, and some of these guys, you know, Jude Bolt and Brett Kirk. Well, we just tried. We just yeah, if we would have won that, then we yep. would have been potentially playing off in a Derby yep. Grand Final. Yeah, and now I think throughout that year, I think it might be well documented. You know, we I think we've beaten the Eagles uh, throughout mm. that season, so it would have been it would have been amazing if we got mm. over the line. Yeah, the most frustrating thing because I was coming towards the end of my career. Mm. Uh, that two thousand seven, you know, they they just you know tinkered with uh, you know the, the coaching staff you know too much, and then you find ourselves not yep. playing finals. Yeah, you know, and then. I'm out. It's hard. Yeah. Mm. Then, I'm, then I'm out of out of the side. Yeah. Uh, that clash against Sydney, though. What are your What are your memories of that? I, I was. Uh, it's not a good one for me. Um, <laughs> I had a fair bit going up leading up to the game. So, um, I, I don't, don't tell too many people this, but the night before, I uh, I got a bad case of vertigo. First time ever. Is that right? Yeah. And I, I got up. I called the doc. Said, "Doc, something's going on here." I don't. And this was only a, just uh, you know on game day. Because I, I didn't want to tell him anything, just in case he's going to rule me out. Mm. So I really, I'm trying to lay on my pillow and just the room spinning that night before. And I was thinking, oh, I know what's going on. What I'm, what's going to seem pretty serious. So I go down the next, didn't get any sleep. Go down the next morning, have, have some breakfast. Go back to my room, spew that up. So I'm just trying to sip water and a bit of Powerade, just trying to get get a few things up. But uh, then going into uh, going into the game, things started to, you know, slowly settle down for me. Um, so it was pretty tough, and then most people find it hard to walk with vertigo. Yeah, and go oh, out and I was yeah, play, I was bump, bumping on the walls on the way down the down the down to breakfast, and that time wow. so it was uh, yeah, it was pretty scary at the time. Uh, but then I found, and once I started running, and that's all thing, it was actually it sort yeah. of went away a little bit, you know, mm. and, you know, and then that sort of gave me a little bit of you know confidence that I'll, I'll be able to get through this game. We just got to make sure you know, I keep drinking, get, you know, get some sort of you know fluid into me throughout the time. So we got through it. I actually played played a right footy. Kicked, I think I kicked a couple of goals and. Um, it's unfortunately we uh, we couldn't get it done. Yeah. But you know, having that that emotion of playing against my old, old side and um, you know even them, I think they won the grand final the year before. And for us to play Sydney mm. in Sydney mm. was just a horror. Yeah. You, know, you just didn't want to do it because yeah. I think we lost against uh, Adelaide over in Adelaide to yeah. to put us over there. So yeah, yeah, it was a bit frustrating. Uh, but uh, mixed emotions, tough time for me. Um, and like I said, you know, you know, looking forward to yeah. another year them. Then I'm on the scrappy and I'm out of the game. 2007, you wrapped up your uh, AFL career. Your final match was your 150th, which of course <laughs> then puts you into life member yeah. uh, status. How important was it to get to that magic number? It, it was pretty important for me. Uh, I was knowing that you play 150 games, yeah. you get life membership. Yeah. Um, so I only I had about nine games to go that year, and it was tough. Um, <laughs> you know, Chris, I think Chris got uh, yeah got booted out of the club. Harves took over, and now I remember having a meeting with Harves saying, "Oh yeah, we'll, we'll we'll make sure you get those nine games to play." And I said, "All right, sweet, I'll 
you know, I'll be able to finish off. And then coming towards the end of the end of the year, three games to go, and I had three games to get my 150, and, then, and I was out of the side. So I had to sort of confront him and say, well, mate, what's going on? You said mm-hmm. you're going to play me on this type of stuff. And so it was, didn't look like I was going to get it. And so I had to do, had, had, a, had a fair bit of uh, negotiations going on there to, to actually to get me through. And, and I, so I was playing, playing some good footy in, in, you know, back at Perth. And you know, for whatever reason, though, they, they, the coaching staff wasn't considering me at the time. Um, but you know, you're looking now, looking yeah. back at it now. You got I, there. I got there, and and it's great. You, know, you walk away from a, from a club being a life member. Uh, it's awesome, and the club's done a great great job, you know, making sure they engage with me through. You know, since I've retired, and yep. you know, inviting me back to a few different functions, and you know, whether it's uh, you know, having a chat to some of the, some of the uh, the younger guys, or uh, yeah, just to come down and watch a game. It's uh, yeah, it's been brilliant. Yeah. We need to take another break, but uh, after that, life after uh, the AFL for you. I know you did a stint uh, at Perth again, playing, and then as the director of football uh, and many things as well in your post-footy life. So we'll get into that right after we take another break. Troy Cook is our special guest. This is Inspiring Stories. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to another inspiring story brought to you by Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Stories with Tim McMillan on 882 6PR. Brought to you by Barra and O'Day. Because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Troy Cook is our special guest. Uh, Troy, post uh, AFL, you went back uh, to Perth again. Was it nice, different, being yeah. back in the fold officially yeah. at uh, at Perth? Yeah, it was great. I was, I was always going to go back there. Yeah. Um, you know, for the club to give me a start of playing, playing my... You know, AFL career to kick it off. Uh, I was always going back. It was actually pretty hard to to try and um, you know negotiate with them because at the time Simon Easter was a coach and he was actually living with me. Right. So I couldn't really uh, say, oh no, might, let me think about it because he was in in the house at the same time. So I couldn't get away from him. But in the end, I was always going to go back. Um, I played I played three the next three years there. Uh, halfway through that year, we weren't going to make the finals, so I just said, no, nah, my body's mentally you done. Men- mentally I was done. Yeah, mm. the body was still still okay. Uh, but to go back and be asked to, you know, to be the, the captain of the club, mm. you know, it was, an, it was an awesome, you know, awesome uh, experience, but also an honour, yeah, know, to, to do that, uh, you know, and you know some of the likes names of you know Rob Wiley and yeah, you know, uh, Big Barry Cable, Merv McIntosh, and all those guys. You know, it's a, it's 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 amazing, and uh, for me to have a, my name a on rich the history, yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, later on, you became the director of football, which is. Again, like it's a, yeah. it's a big responsibility at a, at a big waffle club. Yeah. Uh, how did that come about? And and well, how did you enjoy the time? Oh well, I was uh, I was potentially looking to go back into coaching, mm. um, but then this this opportunity sort of presented itself, and oh, I didn't even know what I was going to get myself into. Um, but uh, I, I agreed to it. Um, yeah, looking after the footy department, uh, it's yeah, been a great learning curve for me. Um, you know, it gives me a great understanding on on the challenges and. Mm. That uh, that every waffle club faces, yep. um, but uh, to have a bit of an influence uh, from a different perspective, I suppose, and, and a different angle, uh, yeah, I found that you know, you know, it's a great, it's a great experience, yeah, and, and, yeah. and trying to be a part of you know, recruiting and um, you know, speaking to the coach and 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 his game plans and and uh, yeah, you know, seeing how the how the club operates, yeah, it's uh, it's been a great learning curve, and, yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's just another way where I'm, I'm sort of embedded in the club and yeah, um, part of yeah, the fabric now. Part of, that's part of for the sure. fabric a little bit, yeah, yeah. but it's great. Um, the Wirrapunda Foundation, 
great foundation now. It's been going for, for, for many years. How did you become part of the setup there? So I met Wirra playing. Yep. Um, David Rapunda, the legend of the, the West Coast Eagles. Uh, I met him um, uh, after a game one day, and he, he said, oh, I'm going to you know, create this foundation. Are you be interested in helping out? I said, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, back then, I think the foundation opened its doors in 2005. Uh, I did a little bit of part-time work while I was playing with him. We did a few a few um, tours up through the Pilbara and visiting a heap of schools and that type of thing. And, mm. you know, the foundation back then was more of a mentoring and, you know, linked to uh, you know, attendance, school attendance programs. Uh, to now where, you know, we've, we've evolved and, you know, into looking after or running programs that focused on education, uh, employment, health leadership uh, in the justice system as well, but also bringing on you know, any organisation mm. along for the for our journey, you know, if they want to be a part of it and how they can give, get involved in helping Aboriginal people. Yep. You know, and, uh, you know, for what Weir has been able to do, um, you know, during his footy career and post and, and, the, and the people that we, uh, we've been able to get through our doors as mentors and that type of thing, it's, uh, you know, it's been, been great. And, you know, we've moved around from a little little box at the back of old Subiaco Oval to Leaderville, out to uh, Canningvale, but, once yep. uh, West Coast, they uh, uh, decided to to move their their facilities out to um, out to Laughlane. Uh, you know, we we tagged on the on the side of that, so our offices are you know, um, you know attached to theirs, though. So we're co-tenants with the West yeah. Coast Eagles, and it's yeah. um, it's amazing. So before I came here, it was uh yeah, it was uh you know been able to see um you know, been able to see what uh you know or sort of where we where we've come from to you know to great facilities that that we've got uh you know it's awesome and you know we're we're a serious organization that hopefully we can have a bit of impact and all we do have impact on Mm. all the the programs we run changing people's lives and and also you know guiding on how how people can you know be a part of that yeah as well yeah so it's it's a a fantastic foundation Mm. uh more recently uh i'm digging my phone out here not to be rude but i just (laughs) wanted to quote this is from your lovely wife uh, tamara uh, says that you are technically, she says, he's technically my boss now. We've started the new company, Known Associates Australia. <laughs> You're the boss now, eh? I'm glad we got that on. Uh, <laughs> it's on the record now. On the record now, yeah. I am the boss of the household. No, no. no I mean, yeah, now we've, we've created a, uh, a new events company, uh, Known Associates yeah. Australia. So an Aboriginal-owned company. Um, you know, we, we'll do everything from, you know, your, your big events to, you, you know, your boutique uh, events as well. And we're trying to get in front of as many people as can on um, from you know small companies to, to big, you know to see where we we can you know potentially can be considered as a you know the events management company. Mm. Um, you know Tam's got you know over twenty years experience in the yeah you know, in that industry. Um, if I can use my contacts to uh, yeah get a few um, a few people on side to you know to potentially consider us as as their provider, then you know that's great. And yeah, I said and the main thing is we were trying to bring you know as a part of a bit of an in- internship, and Tam's done this you know, along the way. You know try and you know, make a bit of a pathway for a young Aboriginal person to, yep. you know, to step into that in- industry as well. So yep. if we can hold their hand through, uh, through that, show show them mm. the ropes of the, the events industry, uh, you know, then yeah, you know, that's a that's that's a you know, big picture and yeah, know, and like I said, bring people along for their journey about uh, you know, you know, what that events management business is and mm. you know, I know the, the confidence is low at the moment and you know it's crazy times, but it's mainly getting our name out there yep. and, and uh, to let people know that we are. Uh, 
yeah, we're serious about. Yeah, about this. you'll be a, a formidable team, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, she also says you're the, the kindest person she knows. You make the school lunches every day. Um, <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> that, is, that is true. Yeah, that is yeah. true. Um, just very quickly, I know, outside of, of work, I know you're, you're a father of two, but uh, golf is a big part of your life. Maybe we'll finish up on your, I'm guessing, your proudest moment, you know, with golf club in hand at least. You're hole in one. Yeah, which a lot of a lot of you know, very keen golfers spend a lifetime never achieving. Yeah, no, I grew grew a uh, a passion for golf um, a long time ago. Yeah, um, this is probably the, the the spare time I had when I was playing footy. Yeah, uh, there's a but, few golfers in the Dockers <laughs> team of that time too, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. Even you know, new coach, new coach now, Big JL. Uh, we played a few few games together. Yep. But uh, yeah, I think it was last year. I was lucky enough to, uh, yeah, now the the. The memorable moment. I was uh, one of the members at Royal Frio. Uh, we're one seventy out, four iron. I hit it nice, nice little draw, and the you know the pin was in the in the shade. As it rolled on, I said, "Oh, it's getting close. That might be in." So I told told the, the guy I was playing with, "Quick, hit up. Let's go and have a look." So he hit off, and we're going up, and sure enough, you know, going up there, the balls in. It the was hole. in. It was in. So what I had to do, I had to go and take a photo of the bloke I was playing with, get a selfie with him, him t- take photos of uh, you know. I need evidence because mm. the mates wouldn't yeah. that have actually did it. Don't know if it would hold up in court, but it's good enough. <laughs> it, actually, it actually made the, the inside cover of uh, the West Australian. There you go. It's the official West then. Yeah, so it yeah. is official. And uh, I thought it was lost on my wife, but yeah, she, actually, <laughs> she actually promoted it out there through the social media. So it was there actually, it's on the record. Whatever works. And we've just made it even more concrete now. <laughs> uh, Troy, thank you so much for coming in and sharing a story. Good luck with all of your ventures uh, going forward with uh, Known Associates and uh, and with the Wirrapunda Foundation and whatever else the future holds for you. Uh, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story. Ah, thanks for your time. It's, uh, it's been great. You've been listening to Inspiring Stories here on 882 6PR. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. We look forward to you joining us again next time as we unearth another WA Inspiring It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.